Hello and welcome to this episode of The Gaming Podcast. The Gaming Podcast is the official podcast of Gaming Magazine, which looks at the video game world with a queer twist. You can check out more from Gaming Magazine by visiting GamingMag.com. That's G-A-Y-M-I-N-G Mag.com. New episodes of The Gaming Podcast come out every two weeks. If you're new to the podcast, please click subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Uh, This episode of The Gaming Podcast is coming to you from the awesome Chatterbox Voices studios in the City of London at the tip of Cock Lane. I can't say that. I can say that. I've just said it. Uh, Yes, we we are on Cock Lane in London uh, for Gaming Podcast. Uh, I am joined on the show today by Andrew Rogers, who works in Games PR. Hello. Hi, it's great to be here. Your debut on our podcast on Cock Lane. I'm very excited. I love the fact that I haven't managed to get one minute into this podcast without turning to smut already. Well, I mean, it's what the audience expects, so (laughs) got to give them what they want. It is exactly what they want. Um... How's things? How's life? How's gaming? How's world? It's very good. I feel like it's been a relatively good new year for catching up on games. Yeah. Uh, everything I missed last year, I've got at least an hour into. So God that's of War, I've finally started. Nice. Uh, even though that's still only a couple of hours in. But uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a good good Christmas and New Year for that. Cool. Have you got like any gaming news resolutions? My one is actually to finish games. I'm well, terrible start at starting. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay. I'm terrible at starting a game and just playing it for a couple of hours and then that's me done. And I, I, I'm like a kid with a new shiny toy. I run off and find another game to go and play and this one. I, mean, I know it comes with the territory of sort of being a, ma- a magazine that's based around playing video games. So we have to try all the games all the time. But um, equally, it's, it's frustrating when I, don't, I have this massive collection of games sat on my shelf or on the hard drive or wherever they are and I just don't ever get to finish them. Mm. So my news resolution is actually finish some games. So I've been sort of thrashing through some, and we'll talk about them in a little while. That's um, a good one. I think my New Year's resolution in games is to find some more of those undiscovered gems. Uh, I would love to be that kind of person who always has that amazing hidden game that they found that has amazing storylines or something mm. really interesting to add. Um, and I want to play more of those, more where they're kind of telling you those unique stories. Uh, something a little bit different. I love playing Mario Kart and Smash Bros. Um, but then I also love that time when you find that really unique story. And it's a bit like when you find that amazing TV show or movie that nobody knows about. Um, so maybe more of those. Not trying to do it yet. but That's cool. No, I know, I know what you mean. We had a great conversation on the last podcast um, about games that are coming up in 2020 that we're looking forward to. Um, obviously, we sort of named some of the more predictable ones. But there were some lovely little gems that were being uncovered then. Um, and I think it's, as we sort of roll into this new year and this and this new decade, I think trying to find these little gems helping almost give voice um, to some of the sort of, LG, particularly the LGBT hidden gems, I think is really important for us as a magazine, me as a person. And I know that it's sort of something that we have to support and we should support because I think artistry and, and gaming and, and that sort of thing needs, needs some of these um, little hidden gems unearthing. Absolutely. And I think there's a real opportunity this year, especially. Uh, I wouldn't have said this a week ago, but now that the spring uh, release window has really emptied out. Yeah. uh, And I don't know if we might end up talking a lot more about that later. (laughs) Um, But because of some of those delays, there's now this clear window. If you're looking at February, March, even possibly April to a certain extent. Um, well, yeah, there are some big launches, but there's enough time there that some real gems can really shine through. Mm. And in the past, that's always been the window where indies can get a bit more um, recognition before uh, the blockbusters come out later on in the year. So I'm looking forward to seeing what 
uh, games can really take advantage of that um, and break through and grab a bit more of people's attention. Mm. We'll definitely talk about that a bit later. So the first slot we have on this podcast is called What's in Your Slot? Um, it's our segment about the games that you've been playing recently. Um, I'm going to kick off and I'm going to talk about Retro Dungeon Crawler Diablo 3. It's been out for years, but it's another one of those games that I keep playing and playing and playing because it's the ultimate game for completionists. There is so much you can play and there's so much you can explore and discover. And when you think you found everything, they just give you another little patch to sort of open up some more stuff. Um, about 18 months ago, we had um, a big expansion. They added in a Necromancer uh, category in, which again opened up a whole load of new stuff and no matter if you've completely finished it you can then repatch rebuild the character obviously it's a combination of uh, weaponry and clothing and accessories all with different powers all with different types they're sort of randomly generated um and it really does reward you for playing in certain ways um i think weirdly i feel like on the last podcast we actually spoke about when people sort of play their games um, in certain ways, you get rewarded with certain things, and that is exactly what Diablo 3 gives you. If, you, if you're using certain skills or certain uh, spells, it starts to predict what you need and starts to give you sort of like loyalty points almost in terms of playing it. But it is also a game that is full of queer energy. Um, there are big, beefy, berry barbarians, there are twinky male wizards, uh, drag queen-inspired female wizards, and, of course, there are the gender-fluid emo demon hunters. Um, so, Which not enough games have, let's be no, honest. No, no, more games need gender-fluid emo, de- emo demon hunters. It's just... A bit of a what, tongue twist on that one. <laughs> yeah, gender-fluid emo demon hunters. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, with, with Diablo, um, you have a thousand and one choices of uh, what you look like, how you look like, the clothing and the accessories that you put on. Um, you can change the color of it, so you can go into a fabulous pink, you can go all for a sort of more seductive all-black kind of number. Um, and I remember the first time that I, pay, I played it through, I drove my boyfriend up the wall because I insisted on every minute going to this uh, customization area and changing the color to make sure it all matched. And he was like, if you play on in like 10 minutes, you're going to pick up something else that's going to be of higher power that you're going to replace it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go and change the color of that then as well. So it just became this obsession. Um, and of course, in Diablo, you can power up certain clothing items by accessorizing them with jewels, which is the even gayer way of getting more power in a game. Um, and of course, there's also um, the hidden uh, unicorn level in Diablo 3 called uh, Whimsy Shire. Didn't know about that. Yeah, don't you? No. Ah, well. Kept that quiet. <clears throat> so, um, like uh, Diablo 2 with their cow level, uh, Diablo 3, the whole joke is there is no cow level, um, which is true, but there's a unicorn level. <laughs> And every now and again, uh, as a random spawn, um, you get a rainbow demon, a uh, rainbow goblin, sorry. So, you know, they've got the gold goblins, the, the um, gold goblins, the other goblins, the jewel goblins, and then they have the, the rainbow goblin that really is very rare that crops up. But if you find him, kill him, and he might leave a portal through to Whimsyshire. Um, and then once you go through the portal you go on some form of acid trip where the clouds are all bouncing around and the evil things that you have to kill look like Care Bears. I need to give this one another go. It's just gone. <laughs> it goes bizarre very quickly. Um, but no, it's the campest thing ever. And it's Diablo 3 is just full of sort of queer energy. And it's actually, it's just one of those games that you can just keep going through and through and through and it doesn't get old. Um, I think also games where clothes and armor 
has power. Mm. That's always quite an interesting concept. And yeah, you're right. You can link that in with so much queer engine if it's totally. deployed in the right yeah, way. Exactly. And, and it's it's done so long as you treat it as it is. I mean, the, the game itself, it, it's Blizzard. Um, they have had their fair share of controversy recently. Um, and I, I remember when uh, Diablo 3 launched um, without a community side to it, but they, they sort of patched it in later. So they had... Um, groups that sort of gathered together and, and you could uh, build more community around it. Um, it wasn't... I think the issue happened, but it wasn't as loudly and widely reported on back then because it was more of a thing that was kind of assumed. Whereas I remember recently, I believe it was World of Warcraft with Blizzard, about six months ago, we, we reported on it when it first came to light, that they um, their automated systems uh, basically started cutting out any basically started blocking any teams or any uh people that had a kind of gay trans whatever um in their either their guild name or their username or whatever um which came across in a very homophobic kind of way um or very transphobic kind of way but obviously it's as an automated system that's trying to cut down on hate speech you can sort of understand where the logic of that came from um but also f- They've corrected it within 24 hours of it being reported. They they unlocked everyone and went, okay, that's cool. Mm. Um, I believe, I'm, I'm led to believe, I, it, I don't really do the whole community thing, but when Diablo 3 introduced its communities, it's had a similar problem. Um, I was reading a little bit reading around on on the Bible that is Reddit earlier um, of, of people finding some sort of similar problems like five, six years ago when they, when they first started playing it um, and the community thing came out. Um, and I think it shows why it's just so important that um, people aren't afraid to talk to brands and talk to and game it's makers. And brands listen. And, and that they listen. I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's always best when it's done in a constructive, actually direct contact kind of way, not in any sort of hateful way. But I think when uh, people are able to point these things out, quite often, you know, they might not be deliberate, but just potentially thoughtless. Mm. Um, and if we can make sure that we're calling companies in rather than calling them out, if that makes sense, then we can ensure that we're yeah. um, getting mistakes mm. fixed quickly. And then and then identify, like, the real potentially big problems. Exactly. And I think you can never fault a company for going on at least trying to do the right thing, even if it, it the system... I would rather the system be too strict than not strict enough. So, so long as they spot that there's a problem, as long as they spot that... Um, they were blocking people because they were using words that they wanted to use rather than the words were being used against them or something. So long as they spotted that, so long as, as you say, people could have that conversation, a brand listens um, and respectfully sort of changes it back again, then I think that's great. Absolutely. And and also the importance of human moderators. It's gonna yeah. be, it's, it's never going to be possible to no, completely exactly. replace uh, humans looking at these posts and understanding them. Exactly. And to that extent, I think that's why it's so important that there are more... Um, LGBT people working mm-hmm. in gaming that they're taking up positions where they can yep. influence how moderation takes place. Well, just I, I think that's an even wider discussion, isn't it? Around not just it's not just even even it's not just even in gaming. It's in social media and stuff as well. Moderators and human moderators as a whole they have to come from the full spectrum of diverse backgrounds rather than just sort of more majority spectrum, which is. Uh, Obviously, people not understanding stuff, not getting a joke, not getting how a word's used in context. 
multilingual. You need to make sure that you can cover most languages as well. Um, you see it on Facebook a lot that stuff said in English gets clamped down on really quickly. Stuff that gets said in other languages um, that is equally as bad, that floats past because they, the moderator doesn't understand what you've just written. And I think it's it's interesting how it's it's a process. And I, I think it's, yeah, you're right, having having the, the value of an inhuman uh, moderator in this scenario is not a bad thing um, and it's really important so but yes that's what I've been playing recently with Diablo 3 um, what about yourself uh, well a few games uh, mm-hmm. over the last weekend I mean one has definitely been uh, getting back into Smash playing cool. a bit more Super Smash Brothers yep. um, interestingly doing parts of the new character reveal um, yes exactly I yep. can't say that's what's going to pull me back in but as somebody who will happily play a few rounds of Smash just to kind of relax and to, to kind of have something that's always there as a game on my Switch and is constantly available. Um, that's definitely one. Who are your mains on Smash? Uh, it's got to be Ness. Okay. Every, every time Ness or Zero Suit Samus are yeah. the best ones. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, there's definitely something to be said for uh, playing Smash with kind of different um, different rules. You know, obviously you've got your Pokemon only, but then you can also have your, like, Twinks only mm-hmm. uh, rounds. Yeah. Uh, there are different ways yeah. that, you know, you can play nice. in different tournaments. Cool. Um, but I'd, ultimately, I think, am I excited about the new character? Probably not. But am I excited about six new characters coming next year? Yes, because season yes. two's, um, yeah, pack two's been announced, hasn't it? Because obviously they just announced their last one of pack one, which was, um, I can never pronounce this. Why can I never pronounce this? By, Byleth? Blyleth? Blyleth? Byleth. Byleth. Byleth, yeah. From um, Fire Emblem, who regular listeners of this podcast will appreciate that Fire Emblem and me don't particularly mix. One day I'll get over that. I'll be brutally honest. Um, but not today. Not right now. No, um, it's my, one of my New Year's resolutions. Stop, okay. stop, stop going after, stop going after Fire Emblem. I will stop going after Fire Emblem when Fire Emblem stop cock teasing us um, with their with their sort of weird reveals like they did last time. Well, um, who knows? In the new DLC, oh god, anything could happen. Three houses, oh, but god, now Jesus, four houses. Yeah. Four houses. I hope they got planning permission. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Um, okay. So smash. Yes, and then also I've been really getting into Stardew Valley. Oh, nice, I know I'm very, very late to the party. Mm. Um, But this was inspired in part by an article that Amy had written on Mm -hmm. uh, Gaming Magazine. Uh, And it really reminded me that I needed to give that game a go. Um, And uh, five or six hours in, I can say absolutely it is an excellent game. It's it's one of those games that sort of, I've only sort of, again, only played a few sort of plays through of it. Um, But it's, it's such a peaceful game it's like we we keep threatening to do something with gaming and one day i'll get around to doing it which is about sort of celebrating games impact positively on mental health i think there's been a lot of discussion that keeps cropping up every now and again with different governments decreeing gaming as an addiction or, or whatever else and yes okay there are elements of gaming that could in that could promote um addictive behaviors particularly around gambling and loot boxes and stuff yes there is a problem um, but to sort of stamp down on the whole of gaming and go, no, it's all terrible and everyone needs to leave it immediately is just short-sighted because there are so many examples of games that are super good for mental health, Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, that is just... It, I know people personally who have had really rough times that go into these games and just disappear off into this lovely little world of delicate sort of farming and whatever else um, and and just sort of escape from all that. And of course in Stardew Valley you can go around um, 
marrying and, and shagging all your 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 um or your fellow farmers your fellow farmers exactly which you, you know, get down on the farm in Stardew Valley a, <laughs> a game about that uh, no well I've been I've been making my trips into town um, my little Stardew Valley lovely character um, a little early to say I'll keep you up to date on how uh, things develop but there's definitely a few characters that I think are you know more interesting I think the interesting thing is um, you know having those options and having them be real and interesting and mm. you know from the beginning it's not even obvious that there is any romance element to this game unless you were kind of that's it I mean, when we uh, it was actually interesting really interesting as you say when um amy listed it as i think it's a game of the week um in one of our new sort of structured um regular articles um when we wrote in that when amy wrote in that about the fact there are dating options available and the romance options um, so many people on Facebook are like, I didn't even realize this was a thing. Um, and they may have it, it just passed them by in a way or they played it for a bit and didn't get far enough into it to sort of get into the whole sort of remote romance part. Um, and then, yeah, to sort of like, to, I feel like we've almost been responsible for a little resurgence of um, Stardew <laughs> Valley in the LGBT world, certainly. So, no, it is, it is a beautiful game. It's nice that it's not a mission objective either. Yes. I feel like a lot of games, you have those sort of options for romance, but quite often that is something you're supposed to achieve mm. and something you're supposed to do. Um, I quite like it from, you know, broadening out the representation that that's something that you can do. Mm -hmm. But equally, you can just play a game and, you know, have your potato crop and just yeah. be very happy with that. Exactly. Um, or if you want to share your carrot. No, I'm not going to say that. Um, <laughs> it, but no, it, it, in, in terms of it being, but it also happens really organically as well. It's not forced. It's not a game where you're obsessed about romance. It's not something that's like, as you say, the, the sort of driving mission or the driving force behind the game. So it's it's something that happens and you can let it happen or you can ignore it. You can live your your life of, of sort of farm crop tending and live in your little sort of bubble of, of tending your, your lettuces or whatever. Um, or you can go in and go full marriage. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that goes to show the level of excitement in the games I'm playing at the moment, really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Smash and marriage. Um, what else? Oh, so I, yeah, uh, regular listeners of the show, um, one day I will get over talking about Lego games. Um, today's not the day. Um, I discovered, to my horror, that on the last show, um, we had, Matt and I had a bit of a Lego knowledge off, um, where I sort of beat him with my knowledge of the very first Lego game was actually Star Wars. Um and then in my time of researching Lego games, I actually realized I'd missed a couple of Lego games out. And so I've gone out my way to go and find that game and play it, or one of them, which is Lego The Hobbit. Now, the reason I probably haven't played Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit is because I don't really like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. I know it's contentious. Um, and my, as I say, my boyfriend's trying to um, do his level best to try and fix that. Um, when I have a spare... 19 hours of my life i might watch one episode of lord of the rings well i mean wait for the new tv show they're bringing out and everyone's gonna be talking about it again so you might as well get ahead of it but that's gonna be like the witcher isn't it which again i quite enjoyed the witcher but yeah, mm. it's very confusing we're going slightly the off TV topic show, so or... yeah no so yeah we're going slightly off topic okay. but the witcher tv show spoilers alert for anyone out there um the it felt like as somebody that that hasn't really read any of the books and only really dabbled with the game, um, the games, I felt like I'd put on, like, season three. 
So when episode one, like minute one, where he's talking about magic or he's talking about stuff and, and stuff's just happening, it's assumed you know exactly what's happening. At no point um, is any of the lore explained, is any of the setting explained. There's no real context to anything. And so for me, it's just like, I genuinely felt like I was watching episode one of season three and I'd missed the first two seasons. Yeah, I suppose. I, I mean, from the sounds, and this is a disclaimer that mm. I haven't actually seen that episode yet, so um, not commenting directly on that. Uh, but I think it's quite nice that video games as a medium have got to the point where we now can create TV shows where you do jump straight in. Mm. And I think a lot of other video game ad- adaptations for films, um, TV shows, whatever, quite often struggle because they do so much world building and so much setting up that they don't really tell much of a story. Absolutely, exactly. And I, yeah, I, I think there's a happy medium somewhere. Um, and also, it, there is there are time jumps. I know you haven't seen it, so I can't go into too much detail, but... And they're not overly apparent in the season until about halfway through when you start to realise, hold on, this isn't making sense because somebody maybe died earlier and now you're seeing them alive again. And then you start to realise, well, you start to doubt whether you're, what you're seeing is all happening at the same time. So okay. then, This is actually making me want to watch it more. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, so I'm, That's fine. Um, what the hell are we talking about? Witcher. No, Witcher. Lego. Lego. That's the one. Lego Hobbit. Yes. When in now, doubt, it's probably Lego. It's probably Lego, let's be honest. Um, yes, yeah, so I, I started playing Lego Hobbit. And the funny thing was, I was talking to a friend of mine about uh, games, as you do, as we tend to do. Um, and I said to him, um, I don't enjoy games that require crafting as a way of getting through the game. I find them boring. I find it monotonously, tediously pointless. Just give me what I need and I'll go and play the game. Or I'll go and pick it up or find um, or slaughter an animal and then there's like a magic bow inside or something, however the game mechanic works. Much like life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so having had that long conversation about games that I don't like and how Lego is amazing because you can just go around smashing things, you don't have to craft anything. Um, I went home, I put in uh, The Hobbit, I sat down, I played it for a couple of bits. Um, and then on the first level... It goes on about how you have to cre- uh, create stuff and craft stuff. And in Lego, I find that hilarious. Um, and for anyone that's familiar with a Lego game, obviously you go around smashing shit because that's just what you do in a Lego game. That's how you collect all your little gems. In The Hobbit, and apparently it's the same for Lord of the Rings, so I'm not playing that one. Um, when you smash stuff, not only do you get um, the coins and stuff that fall out of it, but little floaty... Um, either bits of string or wood or basically the crafting materials um, pop out of the thing as well and you just passively kind of collect them. And then when you get to a crafting table, it says what you need to have um, and hopefully by then you've collected it. If not, you've got to run back and find other things to smash. So it just it increases the need to smash things. I love doing that, so that's fine. But then it completely wastes your time with crafting. Um, but what I will say is the crafting is fun. So once you've got all your materials together, you throw them onto the crafting table and then it goes into a very clever animation, um, basically building something Lego in front of you at speed. And then it, it basically, it's a competition that you have to then help it by finding certain bits in a pile of bits. And you say, oh, it's that one. And it puts it on. And do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a clever way of sort of doing crafting, but it's still annoying because it's crafting. Mm. And the number of times that I've not smashed something and not got bricks or not got a bit of wood or whatever. So, but it, yeah, I, I, it doesn't surprise me that that was their one and only attempt at crafting. 
and they they ditched it from that point onwards. Um, but yeah, that's it was just hilarious. That I was playing um, the Hobbit and then having had literally the conversation that day about how I hate crafting in games, and then it came up and I just text my friend going, there's crafting in the Hobbit. It's because the devs were listening. They were patching it. Literally patching it. it, 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 it as, as I was updating <laughs> it, as I was downloading it um, with my very slow internet. I mean, I, I love Lego games. I haven't played the Hobbit ones, and actually, mm. from what you've said, I'll probably skip those ones, give them a miss. Um, but I'm a big fan of any of the superhero ones, so mm. the Batman ones, great. Um, and then the, what was it? It was the Marvel superheroes one, the one where they were all there and you had a bit of a open world-ish. Yes, of. so there was Marvel right. superheroes and there was Marvel Avengers. The, the Avengers one was the one that stuck close to the, the film with extra bits built onto it, but it was very filmic. It was it was based on the Marvel films, whereas um, superheroes, Lego superheroes, Marvel superheroes, um, was, as you say, had 101 different characters that sort of had a bit of story running through it. Yeah. I just um, think it's the perfect game for playing with someone who just has no idea how to play video games. Me. Which, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which makes it sound like I'm throwing a lot of shade here. But <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, if you're basic, play Lego. Wow, okay. Um, you're not going on again. No, um, uh, yeah. The the only one I didn't particularly like on that superhero one, before, and we will stop talking about Lego in a second, is number two, Lego superhero, Lego Marvel superhero two, um, because it became very linear very quickly. Um, the obviously the, most of the other Lego games, um, while you're playing the story side of things, um, there's a lot of exploration, puzzle solving. You might end up with a bit of a boss at the end in a way of each level, but not really. I think serious. Whereas um, for some reason, Lego um, Marvel Super Heroes 2 had every single um, level of the story mode was a very short bit of exploration, but then one massive boss fight. And I was like, oh, that's a bit odd the first time it happened. Then it happened again and again and again. And it just the entire, I got one of those ones that I just ditched out the story and just started roaming around in the sort of free play um, because it, it, there was no, didn't feel like much actual story, but they corrected it on the next go around because when they did DC Villains, which is actually super good fun, mm. um, they actually had a very original story in that and a ridiculously amazing cast of voices as well. I mean, getting Mark Hamill in to do the Joker was just ridiculous and how they got all those sort of people together was just shows the power now of a Lego game, I suppose. But Well, you're combining some of the biggest brands in the world. Absolutely, so right. I can, I can completely believe it. But no, I mean, that's one of the reasons why people are going into it now is some of the storylines, because they can be fun and cheeky and a bit different, are actually yeah. better than you'll yes, get no, absolutely. in the regular yeah, mainline games. Exactly. Right, enough of uh, Lego Gaming Podcast. Um, we'll be back with What's Hot on Gaming Magazine right after this break. What is the sound of a thousand voices like, I wonder? Is it like this? Or this? Now, maybe it's more like this. <laughs> oh, I got it. It's like this. <laughs> Sitting here in the basement of 12 Cock Lane in Smithfields in Chatterbox Studio One, it's not hard to imagine the sound of a thousand voices seeping through these walls. You see, this is a boutique-sized company with a global heart, and audio localization is what they do in no less than 80 languages. British, Baltic, Beverly Hills, Bollywood, beautiful or boastful. Whatever your audio requirements, Chatterbox is your go-to place. Commercials, promos, documentaries, e-learning and audiobooks. They also do a fair bit of gaming too. 
Welcome back. I'm here with Andrew, and this segment, as always, is called Best of Gaming, where we talk about our pick of the latest stories on Gaming Magazine. Andrew, what's caught your eye on gaming this week? Uh, so, for me, it was an article I saw uh, talking about the... Well, this all stems from the trailer that came out for Super Nintendo mm. Land, the new theme park mm-hmm. based on uh, Nintendo properties, mainly Mario and Friends, uh, that's coming to Universal Studios in Japan. Um, but really, it's more about the really quite strange, I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute, trailer, I guess, that they landed for yeah. um, for the new part of the theme park that had Charlie XCX in it. Um, and she does this <laughs> great song, We Are Born to Play. And the article um, that was written is, is all about how that's now a gamer anthem. Uh, and interestingly, it was something I had been thinking when I saw the trailer. Uh, and then I read this headline and I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm not the only one. Uh, it's now official. Um, and I think that's definitely the case. I love that Charlie XCX is now a Nintendo character. Yes. Frankly, I think this means yeah, Charlie XCX hilarious. should be in Smash. Yes, yes. One of the six exactly. characters. Um, missing a trick if they don't. Definitely missing a trick. I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna set this up, it's really. And also, in, in general, we need more gaming anthems. Well, I'm trying to think of other ones. I'm struggling, and I have been struggling as you were speaking. And it it's interesting. We played. Um, so, for those that remember, last year at Gaming Live, we did uh, a week's worth of uh, radio content, radio shows live on Soho Radio. Um, we played music alongside that, but. Most of that, to find it on Spotify, was all just uh, supercuts of existing theme tunes or redos of like orchestral versions and that sort of thing. But who? It's an interesting thing about like the crossover that's starting maybe to happen between gaming and culture. Who is actually producing songs that really go into gaming? And I can think of a couple of examples of songs that have appeared in a game. Like, I mean, it was a terrible game, but Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater, um, the theme from Snake Eater, because it was whole pitched around the sort of very James Bondy kind of thing. I I don't even remember who sung it, but the song itself was like somebody trying to do like a Metal Gear Solid version of Goldeneye or Goldfinger. It was hilarious, um, but the game was shit. But, um, but no, there should be more times, not only with songs appearing in games, and maybe that is the way forward, um, but also just having sort of more gaming themed, like I'm playing my game, I'm I'm not going to sing, um, in in songs. So I'd like to see that more as well. I in the same way that you've got your Bond song, mm. uh, and in many other cases you've got your kind of um, artist that's doing something attached to your big film launches. I would love to have that with games. I yeah. think it gives it a bit more personality. Yeah. I mean, do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. No. I think we're moving away from it. I think hiring. Uh, a famous singer to do a song for the next Call of Duty launch is probably an expense they don't need to mm. uh, bother with if they didn't but, want to. <laughs> so um, Ed Sheeran uh, made his weird musical cameo um, in the last season of Game of Thrones. Or was it the one before? One before. season The, the season before mm. last. Uh, the penultimate season. Oh, it was weird. Which just like, was a real clangor. But then... It would be hilarious if you had like Charlie XCX or you had like Madonna or whatever just in a game. I, I mean, I genuinely in the same think way, it's a great in the, in the same way you have like uh, Keanu Reeves walking on the stage at E3 for Cyberpunk, and he's in Cyberpunk, and you had um, Cameron Monaghan uh, being used mocap for um, Star Wars. Then have I don't know Justin Bieber? Not Justin Bieber. God, I hate Justin Bieber. No, you could have. Um, I mean, anyone else would have been all right to say shit. on that. 
slow. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> um, have um, Ozzy Osbourne um, come on to like the next vampire or something? Um, or I don't know. I'm trying to think of my brain's now got way too obsessed with trying to find best matchups for games for songs. Well, I'm trying to think. So in um, Super Mario Odyssey, yes, there's that level in New Donk City mm-hmm. where you end up doing a level while Polina and the band. Yep. I don't think this counts as a spoiler. That game's really old and yeah. it's like in the middle of the game. Um, but you end up having this musical performance that goes on behind you. And actually, the song I <laughs> really like. Uh, did I listen to it on repeat for a few weeks? Maybe. Yeah. Um, if you replace that with an actual, you know, artist, yeah. it probably wouldn't make sense in Mario, you know, granted. Um I think, I think that's yeah. really nice. I, I think there's a lot of opportunity. Um, obviously, the, there are heavy rumours, but it hasn't been confirmed yet, that GTA 6 is imminently to be announced. Um, how amazing. They obviously have all of their radio stations, and um, certainly, as far as I can remember, in the last two uh, GTA games, there's been a music element to it. Um, I think GTA, the last GTA you had to, your one of the characters, his daughter, was getting into music recording, there's a very, very strong ability to write in um, a singer who would perform in the game. Um, and has there ever been a music venue in one of the GTA yep. games? Yep. Yeah, there has been. There has been, yeah. So, yeah. you know, you could put yeah, in one of the missions. I'm, I'm, don't tell me which one. I can't think of which one, but I'm, I'm 90% sure there was a mission that you had to go and storm a concert or something. Mm. Um, or, or go and rescue a singer or... There's there's something there, but I mean, it's, come on, game developers out there, write us um, uh, singers into games. Interestingly, another aside, and I apologise, but Ed, one of our writers, um, his passion is about this new wave of games that are coming out that are music based that aren't rhythm games that actually have uh, like Sayonara Wild Hearts. Mm. Um, we talk about a lot on the, on the last few shows. That is like a living pop album. Um, there's a there's a good overlap here between having that as a thing and having a celebrity um, singer come in and be the sort of face of that. And of course, we're getting Chorus, um, which is the game that's coming out that's literally a musical as a game, which is already the gayest thing I can think of in 2020, <laughs> um, done by the amazing people that wrote um, uh, Dragon Age. So, I mean, there are so many opportunities there as well. I mean, wheel out Michael Ball. No, don't. Please don't. But no, um, American listeners actually won't get who Michael Ball is, but that would be like me saying wheel out. Um, oh, I can't think of an American Broadway star all of a sudden. I don't know. Who's the one that was in Hamilton and Mary Poppins too? The Manuel Miranda. They're him. Wheel him out and put him in a game. Actually, that'd be really good, actually. Really yeah, good it would be a really good game. Actually, yeah. you know what? That's probably what's going to do next. Yeah. Well, there you go. He's probably right. he he's, he's going to write a game. Anyway. I um, think what I love as well about the fact that, to go back to... Yeah, to sorry. Yeah, that's and, massive... I think what I really, and I have no idea if this is intentional or not, but I like that Nintendo gets its audience, mm. you know, or at least it gets me. You know, that's a cross section that <laughs> you I are its audience. enjoy, and and I'm I'm one of its audience. Yeah. Um, but I I I you know I've long said that I think Nintendo games, especially, um, both appeal to and also I think have a lot to say for queer audiences mm. in gaming, um, and I think to pick Charlie XCX who, let's be honest, has, yeah. has got a pretty substantial yeah. uh, queer fan base. Absolutely. Is such a great crossover. Was it deliberate? Probably not. But I like to think it might have gone into it somehow. I think you're absolutely right. I, I think having... It probably wasn't necessarily high on their agenda um, to be specifically queer, but I think 
the style of Nintendo games as just being uh, light, uh, fun, fluffy almost kind of uh, games, then going with someone that sort of fits that bill, I think, was really, really cool. Um, and she's certainly of the the right generation and certainly with the right appeal to to sort of really anchor this. So I think it's, it's a really interesting choice. I'm genuinely excited about that. I probably won't fly all the way to Japan because, you know, money. Um, but they're, they're, it's coming to Florida and California as well somewhere soon. Yeah, so they've said it's going to come to the other Universal Studio yes. parks, which would mean it would come to the Florida one and, yeah. the, and the California one. Yeah. Um, I think on that it's going to be a few years, yeah, yeah, I imagine, yeah. because yeah. Well, it's they, going to take a while to construct They definitely this. haven't even broken ground in, in those cities yet. So, I mean, it's it's not exactly, um, not exactly imminent, but it'll be something definitely to look forward to. I mean, imagine Florida then. You've got all the Disneys, the new Star Wars area. And then down the road, you've then got um, Universal with Harry Potter and Nintendo. That's just like suddenly becomes an amazing destination. Well, it already is an amazing destination, apart from the fact it's in Florida. But that's a different rant of mine that I don't <laughs> like. Um, but I think uh, it's really nice that they're trying something a bit different as well. So uh, mm. it looks like this park's going to have these kind of interactive wristbands um, where it connects with your phone and you can do certain challenges in the mm-hmm. park. So it's a bit different from your usual... Ride. I know I want yeah. to go. <laughs> totally. And it, it, as, as you say, it's going to be interesting to, to sort of see that real sort of how gaming is brought into real life. Um, as you say, with those different, those sort of interactive bands, stuff on your phone, and how that necessarily connects straight into um, straight into that Legoland. It won't be, I imagine. <laughs> Possibly not. Well, and it makes you consider. Uh, so Disneyland has their Disney Pride. Yes, well, adjacent, don't forget. Sure. It's not Disney, um, I have to say that for suing reasons, it's not a um, Disney-owned thing. No. They don't turn it down, but they don't necessarily shout about it through official channels. But I suppose what I would love to see is let's have that. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well, Super Mario Land, Super Nintendo Land. exactly. I mean, we all know that Yoshi's gay anyway, so... yeah. Um, well, he, the whole speech is he, to Yoshi. Some that's it. He can it. he can lead the parade. Um, yeah, absolutely. So that's that's cool. Um, I was looking at um, a piece that informed us that uh, the hilarious game Table Manners is being released on Valentine's Day, which I think is an amazing mashup of um, genius genius marketing and PR to release uh, Table Manners on Valentine's Day. For those of you who don't know uh, don't know what Table Manners is. It's a clever physics-based dating simulator where you go on uh, dinner dates um, with your potential beau um, and have to uh, eat yourself, not eat yourself, have to eat yourself um, or pour wine or light a candle or help sort of romantically feed them. But because it's all physics-based, you're moving these two hands um, and it can go from really happy, good results into um, you've knocked the candle over and set your date on fire, you've spilt red wine over your date, um, you've stuffed a crab in her mouth or whatever. Um, and to release that on Valentine's Day is genius. And I love the game because you're just a pair of hands. So you, in a sense, play the game very much as yourself. You're not playing as a character, you're playing as yourself. Um, and you get to pick a lot of personalization options around the person that you want to go on a date with. Mm. So that gives quite a lot of power to the fact that you want to go and date. Um, You could be female uh, presenting and want to go on a date with a female presenting person, 
or uh, you can obviously you are yourself um, and then the person that you're sat opposite um, you can pick uh, males female different characteristics different options um, but no it, it's it's a cool game and to release it on Valentine's Day is just genius and I appreciate that bad and awkward dates is now available for that is, yeah, absolutely <laughs> you can all live through hideous um, hideous dates and, and learn something about as well about how it's not all sort of like sunshine and roses. You might actually set your date on fire with a candle or tip wine over them or anything else. And I just think that's hilarious. No, I think this one looks like really good fun. And also as someone who watched a lot of episodes of First Dates, um, yes. <laughs> this is kind of giving me those sorts of vibes. Yeah. Bit First Dates, the game. Yeah. Uh, now I'm worried I'm saying a lot of things that are going to get me sued. Um, oh, well. But um, I think this is definitely one that I would... Uh, Oh, it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I, it's, it's definitely something that sort of, from a party kind of, from a party game point of view, I think that's out there as as a real good sort of thing. Um, and is there any sort of um, acknowledgement or or anything like that in the game? Do we know of, you know, who you're dating and does that make a difference, or is it very much open and it's it's your choice? It's very much a case of um, they respond to you as a pair of hands. And the person that you're sat, you are, you are sat in front of your computer, um, controlling these two pairs of hands. So they just respond to you um, with very sort of neutral uh, responses, which is very clever because it means that the the character is talking to you. It's not talking to the character that you're playing or the avatar that you're playing. Um, it's very much directed at you. So realistically, in the same way that you'd be on a date, and the responses that you're getting off the person aren't necessarily gender specific because you are they know who you are um it's the same way on the game so it's actually ridiculously um almost uh gender free and, it, and in that sense it's, it's very liberating in a way of you can literally play as you can be whoever you are um dating whoever you want to date i love that as well because it's so in a sense um easy yes uh and i think it really counters this idea that to be inclusive, you've got to jump through so many hoops and it's got to be really complicated and you've got to... Hmm. It, I don't think it has to be the case. And well, we talk a lot. Shows that. We've spoken a lot about on, the, on the last few shows about how um, there's maybe been a lack of a, a lack of excitement around or a lack of um, energy around sort of producing uh, diverse characters for people to embody and play. And so this kind of takes away some of that by actually not having a character that you're playing. You are literally playing yourself. Because the only thing you're controlling are these two hands that are doing all the knocking over of wine and stabbing of your date and that sort of thing. Um, accidentally, of course. Accidentally, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's, it, it gets around this whole issue of normally with like dating sims, you're playing sort of like achingly pretty people um, and or you're playing... Um, you're having to play a character that maybe doesn't match who you are, um, it doesn't match your sort of ethnic background or whatever, or we spoke on the last episode around um, how the new Star Wars, great game, disappointing lead character choice because it's just a white guy um, of, of a galaxy of possibilities to go with a white guy as a sort of lead of a game is a bit sort of like, oh, okay. So to literally remove all of that away... Um, and just be you in the game. I think that's really, really clever. I wonder if um, if we see VR gaming take off a lot more, whether or not it'll actually be easier to sort of create those experiences mm. when you've got uh, 
people, you know, more so in the game. Uh, you see, as someone that's been on his fair share of terrible dates, I'd, I'd hate that. I'm bringing back all my old memories. <laughs> oh my god, the pressure of just sitting there with your VR headset on. So it's just <laughs> knocking. Yeah, it sounds like some kind of torture, really. I think I'd end up crying by the end of it. Um, can, I think we could write a Black Mirror episode around this. Yeah, we've got absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Well, they did one about um, sort of illicit relationships and the guy that was like almost cheating on his um, on his long term wife. Yeah, that was a great in a episode. video game. That was a great episode. Um, can't remember the name of the episode, but we did, we did cover it on gaming, so I'm still on topic here. Um, so yeah, no, de- definitely VR dating. That, that's like that's an ultimate black mirror, isn't it? Absolutely. And particularly if it turns out that the person that you're on, the, the other person is a, is someone that's dating as well, and you're maybe doing all these dates, and you realise you're dating your sister, no, um, or whatever um, the person the other person turns out to be. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's sort of that's cool. Anyway, good game. Table Manners, geniusly about dating, geniusly released on Valentine's Day. So it helps all the singletons out there that aren't going to be out having dinner and being ripped off in restaurants, having actual dates. You can actually play Table Manners and stay in and do it all for free. Sounds better, to be honest. Yep, it probably does. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll be back in just a minute to talk about this week's hot topic right after this break. Amy, you love yourself some merch, don't you? Yes, I love some merch. Well, brace yourself, we now have gaming merch. Ooh. Yes, indeed. We have caps, t-shirts, hoodies, bags, and so much more with three amazing designs. We have the gaming magazine logo design alongside two really cool wordy designs, one saying game on and one saying let's go gaming. And yes... That is with the Y in the middle of those words. They sound awesome and I want them all. Well, Amy, you and all of our UK and EU listeners can head to gamingmag.com forward slash merch. That's G-A-Y-M-I-N-G mag.com forward slash merch right now and go shopping. It's Christmas coming up too, don't forget. So go treat yourself and your gamer friends. Gamingmag.com forward slash merch, you say? Yes, indeed. Gamingmag.com forward slash merch. Welcome back. I'm still here with Andrew, and we always finish up the podcast with the Hot Topic segment. For this week's Hot Topic, however, Gaming Magazine recently went to the very first RuPaul's DragCon UK to go and see if we could unearth any drag queen gamers. We talked on the last podcast about our recent article where we matched up the queens of DragCon UK to their corresponding Pokemon. We went to DragCon armed with postcards with these matches on and wanted to see if some of the queens liked their matchups. As you'll hear, uh, there were some hits and some misses. Uh, Some real surprises, though, also, where we unearthed some fun drag queen gamer trivia. Uh, We also got the chance to catch up with the gaming drag couple Novimpia and spent a bit of time chatting with them about some of the matchups, which, frankly, we didn't have the nerve to give out because (laughs) Ed made them very shady. Let's go over now to Luke Bennett and I on the floor at RuPaul's DragCon UK. Yes, we are here at DragCon UK. Uh, I'm joined by Luke Bennett from Indigo Pearl. Luke, welcome to the podcast. You haven't been on it before, but also we're at DragCon UK. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, I want to see Skitty Cat. She looks really cool. I've seen her like about, so yeah. And uh, out of the day we're here, what are you most looking forward to? I kind of want to catch Adordolano, maybe. I kid she's about, so it'd be kind of cool to see her, and I know she's a I think she's a big gamer, so maybe we can catch it for a few words. Absolutely, and that is the whole idea of us being here today, which is going around finding queens who are gamers. 
Uh, they're out there, we know a few of them. Um, Shake your lay off the top of my head. Uh, you mentioned Scaredy Cat. Of course. Um, I want to catch up with Layla McQueen as well. Um, we've also, for people that uh, listen to the podcast and read Gaming Magazine, um, we did a fantastic piece a couple of weeks ago now where we matched up the drag queens to uh, their corresponding Pokemon. Quite shady, if we're being brutally honest <laughs> with some of them. Um, I'm not sure I've got the balls to maybe go and talk to some of these people that Ed has sort of dropped us in it. Um, so, yeah, but we, we'll certainly go and catch up with a few of them. We'll take some photos, we'll do some Instagrams. Um, by the time of this coming out, go and check out uh, our Instagram, which is at GamingMag, and you can probably see those photos as they happen live. Um, but also, hopefully, you might be able to grab a couple of them to quickly have a chat to us now about gaming, which yep. we're looking forward to. So, let's go and do it. Cool, let's go. I'm here with a fantastic Morgan McMichaels. Morgan, hello. Good morning. How are you? I'm love? not too bad. Are you? I was still alive. <laughs> still going. I know. So we're talking video games, obviously. Okay. Now, um, you were saying about Assassin's Creed. I am you a big love fan of Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed. Uh, the one that, that was set in the UK, which was Brotherhood, I think. Yeah. yeah. It was Brotherhood. Yeah. Really old, round, old, old Victorian steampunk yeah, London. Yeah, loved it. That yeah. was like I think that was my favorite one. Yeah. And I just got done playing Odyssey. Oh, it's actually, Odyssey great. is the one where you can just shag anything that's going and yeah. have sex with everyone, and it's amazing. and I played the girl characters obviously. Exactly, exactly. So I'm a big fan of Assassin's Creed. I love, love it a lot. I like Tomb Raider. I like God of War. Nice. Shadows of Mordor. Okay. You know, Shadows of War. I love that. Because <laughs> you kill things. Exactly. And that's how you get your aggression out when you can't do it to your audience members. <laughs> yeah. You just go on the console and just start battering the fuck right out of any work. It's my favorite thing in the world. So last week on the magazine, um, we paired up uh, drag queens to their matching Pokemon. Uh-huh. We've got you matched up with Obstagoon. I can um, see that. It's funky, a Funky, aggressive, competitive. Um, and so that's what we've had you up with. How do you feel about... I feel like that's a pretty good uh, match, actually, because bad, that looks like a badger to me. Yeah. And badgers, you don't fuck around with badgers. No, and exactly, And you don't yeah. fuck around with Morgan McQuarrie. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You either on my good side or my bad <laughs> exactly. side. And if you're on my bad side, good fucking luck. <laughs> I love this. Can I have Absolutely. this? Absolutely, it's yours to keep. Thank you very much. Have a fantastic day. Definitely. Hi, guys. We're here with India Farrow from Season 3 of RuPaul's Drag Race here at Drag Race U... DragCon UK. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a mouthful that okay, is. <laughs> really, yeah, there's so much drag and so much race. I know, <laughs> I know. So, India, are you a big gamer? Do you like video games? I do like video games. I have a Nintendo Switch and I have a PS4. Oh, cool. So I play every now and then. Yeah. I know a few of the games. What kind of games on the Switch do you? I'm more of like the Super Mario Brothers, oh, cool. like Donkey Kong. Yeah, country, like, the like the old school. Yeah, 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 sure. Showing my true age. <laughs> <laughs> Which is 21, by the way. Of course. Of course. I didn't have any different age. <laughs> now, a game in magazine, recently, mm -hmm. we've matched queens to their Pokemon. <gasps> Oh. And we've done you, Cynthia Ferrer. Oh my god, really? So we're going to show you two. My fiancé is going to love this. He oh, is really? a huge Pokemon what if, fanatic. And if and we've given you the wrong one, it's like... Oh my like, god, okay. Well, well, it might, you know, we'll see what we'll happens. See. So It'll we've given you the gorgeous Bruxish. Oh my gosh, she's, she's beautiful. She's a, she's a oh, diva. she's colorful. Look, Look at, at that lash. lash. I see that what lash. did. That is beautiful. We knew. 
Is this mine to keep? Can I yes, keep this? Absolutely. Oh my god. This is everything. You can tell that fish Pokemon is a beaver who beats for the game. Yeah, yep. that's me. For the gods. When a match is right, this is a match. <laughs> when I am it's down right, for it's this. right. Now, how do you say this? Brookish? Brookish. 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 Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It's you now. Fish. It's you. Fish. <laughs> yes. Fish. This the is fish would you do you do you know much about Pokemon? I don't. Okay. Um, my fiance plays it all the time. He plays all the. It's like the Mortal Kombat one. Yes. The Pokemon oh version. yes, yes. Yeah, I don't know anything. Pokemon about Arena, it. Stadium, I know or something Pikachu. like that. Pikachu. That's and you're kind of giving us Pikachu today. So you're just yellow. Just, just yellow, yellow fish. I love that. <laughs> well, thank you so much, India. Thank, thank you. you. This is amazing. I'm here with Fantastic Crystal. Um, we're obviously talking about video games and queens at video games. So do you yes. play video games? I do. I mean, I was a huge gamer when I was a kid, and I don't have as much time anymore, but um, I've got a Switch, and I've clocked many hours on Zelda. Excellent. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so last week we produced an article for gaming uh, where we matched up the queens with their Pokemon. Oh. Um, we matched up with Steelix. <laughs> um, being that sort of like... Exuding that sort of masculine dominant energy. Yes, hello, I love that. I I am a dom top, so well, there, there you go. go. Of <laughs> and it's very phallic, which is perfect. Well, that's yours to keep, and I know you've got a dash off, so I'm not, I'm not going to okay, keep you anymore. Thank you so that's much. Great. Thank you. Nice to meet you. I'm here with Dr. Kendall today at RuPaul's Drag Con, and recently on Gaming Magazine, we gave the queens a Pokemon kind of depending on their personality and how they look, so we gave you Growlithe. How do you feel about that? Do you think? I mean, it's obviously inspired by the iconic runway, which sent me home. Well, so thank you for that. <laughs> I'm very offended, and now I'm leaving. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> there was to be a Pokemon that you wanted to be. Do you know which one you'd pick for yourself? No. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not really a big Pokemon <laughs> fan. I normally, I like playing Civilization and Sims. <gasps> Civilization, yes. Yeah, I love it. But I like Civilization 5 over Not Civilization 6. 6. I am so with you. Like, yeah. A bit better in it. I connect with that. But I, I keep it on a settler mode, so it's nice and easy for me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's fair enough. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Bob. No worries, darling. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm here with a fantastic Mariah, uh, all the way back from season three. It's amazing. How's it been since then? Oh, it's been nuts. It's been a whirlwind. I went on the on season three thinking, oh, okay, you know what? I've been doing drag for, at that point, like 11, 12 years. And I was like, I think I'm going to retire, but let me do this one last challenge. Yeah. And I was like, if I make a couple extra bucks on the side, cool. But it, I just wanted a new challenge for my drag persona. And... Well, yeah, the rest is history. Exactly, it just blew up. Um, so we've been here talking about uh, video games with queens. Now, I know you're not a gamer, but you were saying that your nephew's a gamer? Yes, my nephew's a gamer, and my sister was telling me uh, that he's, like, want to actually make it a career. That's awesome. And, like, you know, years ago, you'd be like, oh, no, that's a, a gamer's <laughs> a slacker sitting in their mom's basement. But it really, it, a lot goes into it, and it's a billion dollar industry. You get the coin, as, you get the coin as well. People are playing esports and winning millions of dollars all the time. It's, and I was gagging at that once yeah. I researched it a little bit more. I was you should like, start playing video games. Well, <laughs> well, you know, he's younger and he's a little quicker with it, with his hands and his brain operates different than mine. Me, I can barely do my email on the phone. Okay, fair. So last week on the magazine, uh, we matched up all the queens that are here today with their Pokemon. 
and we've matched you up with Florges, um, who is a gorgeous Pokemon with gag-worthy wigs, fashions, and eye makeup, and we think that's absolutely perfect for you. I'm actually living for this. Well, it's yours to keep. Um, oh, can I really? Absolutely, yeah. Oh. Have a souvenir and gamingmag.com on the bottom, so that's fantastic. So It looks just like me. It does. The waist and everything. <laughs> exactly. Have a fantastic day and thank you for your time. Thank you so much, guys. So I'm here with the YouTube Drag Sensation partnership that is Novimpia. Hi, girls. Hi. <laughs> you're so kind. <laughs> How is it all going? It's going crazy. It's really, really good. It's, it's just so good. busy. There's so many people keep coming up to us, and it's just amazing that anyone even knows who we are at all, let alone that someone would, you know, take us into their homes and watch us for hours and, you know, shower us with all this attention. It's lovely. We don't care about anyone else. We don't care about watching or meeting anyone else. Just, you know, the compliments coming our way are great. And spending the money on your merch as well. No, don't say that. But oh, yes, sorry, well, yeah. yes, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But it's not about the money. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Now, obviously, we're talking about video gaming. I know you two are big video gamers. Yes. Um, so, what are you playing at the moment? I'm currently working my way through Death Stranding. Um, and we, we are playing Crash, um, Crash, Crash Team Racing, Team Racing well. we got, which we thought was really, really hard, which is embarrassing because it's no, no, like six years, right? So we never I, played the original, so we had no like muscle memory. I have no yeah. idea how it went, so it is a really steep learning curve. And then when we got when we got the hang of it, well, it after we sense. got after we realised that it's like a power slide that you can mm. do. Have you played this? You know what we're talking about. I know what you're talking about because I I'm a I'm a, a Mario Kart person, uh-huh. and that te- the, the technique of the slide in Mario Kart is very different from the technique of the slide in Crash Team Racing. So in every you time you can do it, the Crash Team Racing crash, thing I keep crashing it. into the wall on Crash it's Team. So, it's so hard, honestly. It's like I don't know how. Well, we did kind of grasp it eventually, but. It's so embarrassing because we're looking at people online like winning races and we're coming seventh and eighth every <laughs> single time, just thinking like this twelve-year-old like absolutely stupid, <laughs> yeah. and we're just sitting there like full-grown men dressed like ladies, <laughs> just not doing life correctly, really. Um, but also, what else are we playing? I'm playing Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets on PS2 because I play that all the Retro. time. Because I can never get all the all the jelly beans. Oh, so we're going <laughs> we're going for a completionist. Yes, but I've never completed anything in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Rollercoaster Tycoon I probably did once I was going to say you like more of the retro games we like to emulate them really old ones like Muppet Race Mania yeah. I'm super into like it's so sad though that a PS1 game is considered like vintage well the new How PS5 old? that's coming out is meant to be back compatible I'm all really the way back ex- to no, PS2 it's not. Yeah. no it's not yeah. all of them yeah. oh my gosh Exactly, yeah. So. The only thing about that though is like you can play it better on a PC upscaling. Is it going to be upscaled to the HD compatibility or is I it just like as it was? Because mm. I'm not used to like PS1 nice and crisp and bright. You know, it was never like that. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I've seen as long as we can play, you know, classics such as what Britney's Dance Beat or what <laughs> Spice World. We played Spice World. That's so embarrassing, that game. I'm sorry that I brought it up. Oh, you, you should be. Um, no. <laughs> We've spent the day matching up the Rue Girls with Pokemon. Um, if you had to match yourselves to a Pokemon, what would it be? I think my favourite Pokemon matches up to me quite well. I think the shallow aesthetics. I think like melodic. Mm-hmm. And I like shiny melodic as well. It's a good like shiny. Silver and yellow. Oh, it's so femme, isn't it? God, it's femme. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if the Pokemon have genders today. Well, Nidoran. Nidoran. They all, well, most of them have genders. Oh, really? Sort of them. Seems a bit off. I don't know. I'd be Gengar because it's big and evil. And it's got like, this bit really pointy and like purple, I love purple stuff. So, because have you seen Mega Gengar? 
No, I don't like that one. That one's quite scary. That insinuates that I'm like big. Mega. Yeah, I'm not that. I'm like a very svelte Gengar. Mega YouTuber. Yeah, no, I don't think so. No. <laughs> not quite, not yet. Well, you've got the one plaque on the wall. Oh yeah, we do have a plaque, it's true, it's covered in dust, but it is there. It's caked, it's so dirty. <laughs> um, so, some of the matches um, that one of our writers did, I don't have the balls to actually do. Um, we're looking currently at on giant. This is one you, of our writers. You've done, no, you've it's done not me, this. don't blame me on So, you're I, telling me not, that you I'm not don't going think on that Ongina looks like Diglett? That is hilarious. No, yes, she does, obviously. She was stood in this room earlier, and I'm like, can I, can I? And I'm holding the piece of paper next to her head from a distance, and I'm like, oh, no, so these I, cards I really have got can't. descriptions as well. The yeah, original yeah. Balls Queen, Angina wowed us way back in season one of Drag Race. Diglett is a similarly small and cute monster from way back, plus in a lowland form. It looks really weird in a wig. <laughs> so you literally scan through and we're like, that looks kind of bald. It's Angina. Or you're, you're right, I didn't even think about the Alolan form. That kind of works. Little blonde wig that it No, I don't like Alolan form, all that crap. There's too many. Stop drawing them. There's too many of them now. Now, we call, uh, obviously, Vinegar Strokes is known as the hodgepodge queen. Um, so Ed has gone on and partnered her up with uh, Garbador. Garbador here. That is so Which, shady. I can't even Is that supposed it. to be like a gar... A, Pile of crap. Yeah, pile of garbage. It's, garbage. it's pre-evolution. It's called rubbish. I feel like she would find that amusing, so we probably can laugh at it. If you if you were like Derek Barry garbage, or that would obviously uh, be well, really rude. Um, <laughs> Derek Barry's on. Why Ekin? It's snake backwards. But yes, in, 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 in Ed's defence, if you read the description, it does say that about her MTV snake look. There was somebody who did some incredible fan art to Derek Barry, and they've, they've done all the drag races as Pokemon trainers, and I think Derek Barry had an Ekin. And Trinity the Tucker's Porygon because it's ha- handmade and plastic. I was had a lot of work Porygon, yeah. <laughs> Porygon 2 though, because that's like all like round and sweet. Porygon 2, is there a sequel? You were around for Porygon 2. I don't remember. Listen, I'm still trying to get over Weedle, leave me alone. Porygon 2 is like a balloon animal. I get that, that makes sense, that one. Oh my god, I can't look at the next one. You've put Adria O'Hara as Butterfree. That is absurd. That's obviously hysterical. (laughs) You two are literally like grinning from ear to ear. Bye bye Butterfree. Oh my God. So it's a dead Butterfree. Yes. Because she took it to the stadium in her tip and it's sweated to death. That is so... Who is that as Grimer over Bag of chips. Bag of chips. Bag of chips. Grimer. Grimer. I think she'd. I think she's grimy. I think she'd take that. To be is there like a great big sausage Pokemon or like a chippy Pokemon that would make more sense? Maybe not. No, I can't really. Think yeah, that's her. like grimy. She, well, she's kind of grimy in like a good well, way, a charming take way. It. And, and the one that I really, it's a real shame that uh, Vanjie couldn't make it because we put her down as Loudred. <laughs> Which I yes. thought was just a perfect matchup as well. That is really on the nose. That's great. That's perfect. Yeah. Love that, that one. I'm going to let you two guys get back. Oh, thank Have you. Have a fantastic day. Thank Love you, you so all. Much. Have a good one. Thank you. That is a wrap on Gaming Magazine at RuPaul's DragCon UK. Uh, we've had an amazing day. We've met some amazing queens, hugely talented people to talk gaming. Uh, Luke, what was your biggest surprise of the day? Uh, I think it was probably that Gothy Kendall plays Civilization. Who, who'd, have, who'd have thunk, you know, of all the different video games she could have been playing? I would have probably pegged her as like a Pokemon or a Mario, but no. Civilization on easy mode, I think she. On easy mode, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yours? I think my one was um, Morgan McMichaels being a massive RPG oh, yeah. player. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
I was expecting her to sort of say, oh, like Mario Kart or something. And she comes out with, oh, I'm a big Assassin's Creed. I've played them all. Um, and then God of War and everything else that she yeah. said as well. It's like, but then again, thinking about it, the sort of like her, her aggressive nature comes out and it doesn't really surprise oh, yeah, me. So. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, that is a wrap, as we say, on Gaming Magazine at RuPaul's DragCon. Uh, I'm going to hand back over to myself uh, in the studio. That was such a fun day. The queens were amazing and it was great to discover just how many of them were gamers. There was a lot of gamer love in the room and a big thank you to RuPaul's DragCon UK and World of Wonder for having us. What did you think of that? Uh, I think it sounded like it was great fun. It I can't was. believe I wasn't invited. Uh, well, it, we only got two passes um, <laughs> and so myself and Luke went. So uh, yeah, deal with that. Um, no, it was absolutely hilarious. I mean... <laughs> We were positioned in a press room where everyone was being sort of like shoved through really quickly and some of them stuck around. Morgan McMichaels was hilarious and she was the sort of like the supreme pro, as you heard, um, of and and gave us some great answers. And also being like the queen of RPG, that came out of nowhere. Like she's an Assassin's Creed um fan, uh, God of War, she mentioned. It was just that was a bit left field. Um and <laughs> and then you get Gothy. Oh Gothy. Um, with her um, limited knowledge of uh, Pokemon um, as being nothing. Um, and then she said, <laughs> then Luke showed her a postcard, and as she heard, um, she didn't take that too kindly that we'd matched her up with Growlithe because it matched her tiger outfit that sent her home. Um, yeah. And yeah, that wasn't that that was a bit uncomfortable but then one of the biggest surprises of the day um we'd sort of started as you sort of heard i think luke was getting a bit sort of like um okay and then she mentioned civilization <laughs> it's like the old the sort of nerdiest game going it's like saying oh i don't really read like do you read hello magazine no but i read proust it's a bit <laughs> the ultimate sort of jump to to civilization um but no, they were they were adorable and the day was hilarious um we got to sort of wander around see some amazing people and then as you heard at the end, to have Novimpia um, doing a bit of a wrap-up of some of the more shady ones that I did not have the balls to um, to show to people. I mean, Ed, <laughs> Ongina matching Ongina with Diglett, I'm just never, I'm never even... If he's going to make that... those matches, he has to go send them himself. Well, he was there. Hmm. He was there. And I, I, I almost grabbed him and shoved him into Ongina's stand and say, you give her the postcard. Um, but he was busy with his partner for that day. So... Whatever. Anyway, uh, that's the end of our episode. A big thank you to my guest, Andrew, and an even bigger thank you to all you for listening. We'll be back in two weeks' time with our next episode, but in the meantime, keep up with all the LGBTQ video gaming stories on Gaming Magazine and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter so you don't miss out on any of this juicy gossip. We are at Gaming Mag, G-A-Y-M-I-N-G, Mag. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of our new episodes. We will see you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>